Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With Michelle, I'm Randy. Great to have you with us and always great to go to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line and have... The one and only Rick Horton be on the other end. It's good to have you with us on the show, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. Good to be with you guys today. And uh, we expect to have a lot of news this week, but uh, haven't heard it all yet as regard uh, to the uh, the baseball negotiations. Rick, you have been in situations where either there has been a work stoppage or a near work stoppage. You can give us a little bit better information here, especially because you were involved with the Players Association. Uh, and Jeff Passan says, hey, these are negotiations. You don't have to worry about it. There's never a friendly negotiation between the Players Association and the baseball owners, is there? Well, you know, it's never friendly, you know, uh, certainly publicly. It just never has a good optic to it. Not, nobody wants to hear about uh, owners and baseball players fighting over money, because that's essentially what it is. And it's not a fight, it's just negotiation. But when it becomes public, it just gets kind of ugly. So I was, you know, I was the proverbial fly on the wall, uh, Randy and Michelle. There was a time where I was on the negotiating committee uh, in uh, 1990 for the basic agreement. Of course, we remember when uh, what went on through 1994. But here's the, here's the problem from the player's point of view. Think about how disconnected players are right now, and you are representing all of these guys across uh, the country and across the world, really, uh, for those who've gone uh, back home, the Dominican, et cetera, you, you're representing them, and you've got to communicate with them, get them all on the same page. I mean, it's a tough job for Tony Clark, uh, and you know, he's going to really kind of make or break his career, I think, by, by what happens over the next 12 months. Ricky, do you think that this is a situation where it's going to hurt for both sides? They recognize that these are an unusual set of circumstances, but when they look at the big picture and how this is going to affect the sport moving forward, that they are going to come to agreement based on that and that alone? I think they will, Michelle. I don't think there's too much pressure not to. I think you you talk about doing damage in the middle of a normal work stoppage. That's one thing. But when you've got kind of, you know, the country just kind of wanting to – kind of move forward and, and all of the angst that's gone along with that and the economic angst of it for, for people that work at the ballpark, et cetera. Uh, and of course that's going to be continuing, but I think uh, it, it's not the time to have a public discourse about this. I really wish they would have just said, you know what, Tony Clark and Rob Manford and all their, and all their people are going to kind of um, hammer this out and we'll let you know what happens at the end. So we wouldn't be sitting here talking about it, but, but it's, it's almost the inevitable thing with negotiations like this. Of course, you know, the basic agreement was, was coming up anyway, so maybe bad timing on that. But I wish they could just kind of decide that let's just move forward with this year with something that makes sense for everybody and not kind of mix it with what we want next year going forward and delay some of that negotiation. Rick, I think one of the intriguing aspects to this, if it does get completed, is the 82-game schedule. Because as you have played on teams, and especially with Tony, Tony always had his team ready to kick it into gear in the latter part of August and September. This will be a sprint, won't it, for 82 games? 
it's going to feel like a short mar- a half a marathon. Yeah, yeah exactly. We always talk about the season being a marathon. Well, it's a half marathon. And Randy, I'm at the age where I can't run marathons, but I can run half marathons. They're a lot easier. But 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 the pacing's different because you're thinking, okay, I've got. You know, you, you, you don't want to get off to a, a 2 and 15 start. And, you know, you think about teams that have been kind of noticing. I follow a, a thing on Twitter about the 85 Cardinals. I didn't realize we got off to such a bad start in 1985. And that was a terrific team and uh, went to the World Series. But, you know, bad starts can be very detrimental. I think that's part of the reason, uh, guys, why they want to expand the playoffs a bit, just to make sure that, you know, you, you don't miss a really good team that just uh, had a bad first uh, 10 days to two weeks. Rick, uh, one of the one of the things that we may see too is a universal DH. How do you feel about that, and how do you think the Cardinals would adapt to that? Well, I think you know it, it opens up some opportunities for the Cardinals. You could put Matt Carpenter in the DH as an example. I think that that would kind of work just fine. Play Tommy Edmond at third base, and maybe there's there's an answer for you. I mean, that's just off the top of my head a, a thing that 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 could happen. Uh, but you know, long term, you know, for me to say I'm a fan of a, a DH, you know, I'd have to kind of bang my head against the wall before I came to believe that. I mean, I'm just not a fan of the DH. Never have been. Never liked it. Uh, but it, it doesn't mean we're not headed in that direction. Uh, one of the things I've been thinking about lately is, you know, change is inevitable in everything that we do, but you want to manage the change, and you want it to be a, a, a micro change, not a macro change. And the way baseball is right now, we already have a macro change because we're going to be paying attention to baseball games with no fans in the ballpark. That's bizarre for us. So there's a whatever you want to call that, a 30-40% change in the game already. Uh, I'm not in favor of too many changes beyond that, but I think, again, the DH is probably inevitable. Uh, I'm just not a fan. And I think one of the things, and I I haven't read that they are going to get rid of the three batter minimum. If ever there was a time to not have the three batter minimum, it would be this year when you have a three-week spring training. Well, the other new rule that, that we got uh, taught on at, at our at our winter meetings uh, with with the broadcasters for Fox, we had, we went through a whole seminar on what the umpires were going to do to explain to the crowd what the review and the challenge was all about. Well, that's a moot point. We we had a, a lot of long meetings talking about what the umpires were going to be doing, and now there won't be anybody in the ballpark. So that was going to be a change too, actually for the better, I think. Uh, and long term, that's a good thing. But but I agree with you. I think you know the three batter minimum. You also have, of course, the expanded rosters, and, and I think they're going to expand even beyond what what they uh, were already going to do, just to kind of make sure that the spring training 2.0 doesn't last too long, and you get back into games. And, and for you to do that, you're going to have to have several pitchers that can throw three or four innings, and and probably nobody that's ready to throw seven or eight. Rick, we led the show talking about an article that our friend Will Leach put out at MLB.com where he picked the coolest player on every team, and he cast his vote on the for the Cardinals for Colton, Colton Wong. Uh, before Randy and I revealed to you who we picked as our coolest player, we want to know who do you think is the coolest player on the Cardinals team? Well, I will get when I, when I, I saw that article and I thought for 100% sure, and now there's two guys that I would pick, and I'm, you know, Colton Long's cool. I don't want to be on record as saying Colton Long's done cool. <laughs> but, but, but I think it's a two-horse race between uh, Jack Flaherty and Harrison Bader because I, I see those guys, uh, the way they dress on the, on the road. I mean, they're trying to outdo each other, uh, and they're both, they're both some stylish dudes. And, you know, Bader with the hair, but Jack Flaherty's got that classic look to him. So I'm going to go with Jack Flaherty by a nose. I went with Jack Flaherty as well, and Rick, Michelle 
went with the Yachty. Explain your, your Yachty thought to Rick Horton. Yeah, so I think of Cool as someone who commands the room that they walk into and that very much owns themselves. You, Jack Flaherty is definitely cool. He was number two on my list, Rick. But he, like you mentioned, he's a classic cool. Yachty's the type of guy that whatever he does, he makes it cool. He's interesting. People think that they know Yachty, but he's like, oh, I also have a clothing line and a record label. And I do things that you might not consider to be normal, but I, I have all these different interests as well. So I picked Yachty because he defines what cool is. I can't disagree with that. Of course, cool. I mean, that's the great thing about that—the subjective nature of that. You know, honestly, one of the guys I think is pretty pretty cool too is, is Carlos Martinez. Now he's out there, cool. But but in terms of just when he comes in the room, you know, Carlos is in the room. I'd say the same thing about him. Obviously, different than Yachty, uh, but you know, having a little flair and a little personality in the game is uh, is a good thing. How's your golf game? It's actually getting better, Randy, uh, from practice. <laughs> I realize that practice matters and playing often. Uh, you know, I just assume play less and talk about baseball more, but uh, that's kind of where we are right now. In fact, I'm headed there today to do some more of it. Uh, so I'm actually getting better, but, um, you know, that's, uh, th- that's maybe not exactly what I'm hoping for. Uh, you'll be great. Hey, we always love talking to you. Thanks, Rick. Be safe, and we'll see you soon. Yeah, good to be with you guys. Take care. That is Cardinal Broadcaster, former Cardinal Rick Horton, joining us here on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line.